0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to Lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Well, hello there.
0: Welcome to
1: another day in the longest week of of my life, it feels like. I was I was done in on Monday. It's it is Wednesday, September twenty-sixth. The uh, hearing uh, the kangaroo court uh, is what I suspect it will be uh, regarding Judge Kavanaugh and his female accuser, Dr. Dr. Ford, Blasey Ford. I'm not clear how she uh, refers to herself. At any rate, um, that is scheduled for tomorrow. And assuming that that uh, does, in fact, happen tomorrow, I am not going to, uh, as I said before, do a show because I know you and you will not be listening to my show if I do a show at the same time this hearing is on in any way I want to hear the hearing, kind of. I am going to heavily medicate myself. I'll probably watch it from my bed where I feel maybe safer. I can't even imagine what it's going to be. Well, I, am, I can and I don't want to go there. So we do understand that uh, the Republicans have, as they said they would, decided uh, it was the better part of valor to hide behind uh, a woman's skirts in this. So they hired, plucked out of I believe Arizona some woman who is an attorney a prosecutor uh, who has worked in the area of sexual abuse and so she's been brought in to ask the questions of these two that the Republican senators are uncomfortable doing Uh, I don't recall another instance of something like that happening. I do not. So what is it going to be? All those men going to be sitting there? (laughs) Sitting, and this woman is going to come in? So it will be woman on woman uh, to ask questions that the men find too icky to ask or make them look too aggressive make them look like they're beating up on a victim what cowards what extraordinary cowards And I suppose, what, if they had somehow managed to seat one Republican female senator on the Judiciary Committee, would they have just simply passed the ball to her? Yeah, women come in handy every once in a while. Now, I'm trying to recall <laughs> what, what, Mitch McConnell, the loathsome i there are not <clears throat> adjectives slimy and revolting enough to apply to him. I believe McConnell called this prosecutor the woman they're going to hide behind. <coughs> he called her the female assistant i mean right there sorry mitch you done it again that is so extraordinarily condescending she's a prosecutor she's not a female assistant to you lofty gentlemen. She's the one you're shoving out in front to take the heat. It reminded me of a story from my life. I feel, I don't know if I should share it, but I will. Um, I used to co-host the Cerebral Palsy Telethon on WTAE-TV for years and years and years. And uh, my co-host was uh, Joe DiNardo, the meteorologist. And Joe (laughs) never referred to me as his co-host. Joe called me his assistant. And at the time, again, this is just the kind of crap that women deal with, and I remember laughing about it with people. I was the co-host, but to him I couldn't be. I had to be an assistant. And I also recall the producer at one point, the day before the telethon, asking me what shoes I'd be wearing. (laughs) A question, by the way, that would never have been asked of Joe. What shoes are you going to be wearing? And I said, "Uh, I really hadn't thought about it. She said, well, you know, last year in the two shots, that means when Joe and I were standing together, She said, you really look like you were towering over him, and that's just, it doesn't look right. So I think you'd be more comfortable. (laughs) I think you'd be more comfortable in flats. This was a female producer, by the way. I said, I... I said, "What you mean? It's it's against the law uh, for a woman to be taller than a man." And she said, "Well, it's un, it just it doesn't look right. You know, it just doesn't look right. The man has to be ascendant, the woman has to be lesser." I did not wear flats. I also didn't wear spike heels because I never did. But I wore comfortable shoes with a maybe a heel like that. And yeah, I was a bit taller than uh, Joe Donardo. Now, if <clears throat> in other words, what's what's odd is is that if they're what that when they wanted people that look like they were the exact same height. Uh, That wasn't the problem. If you had had a six foot five inch man and a five foot three inch woman, nobody would have been uh, upset. By it just looks odd. It's just so out of balance. No, but what was out of balance was the assumption that the man would supersede, would overpower, would look down on. The female assistant. So when I saw McConnell call this woman the female assistant, oh, God, you know, again, I tell you, guys, the floods of memories, the constant crap that women get that men never, ever, 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 ever get. And it's all about making the men look good. Up to there and then some. The New York Times has some suggested questions for the female assistant. To ask uh, Kavanaugh, I wonder if, I'll give you a few of them. Your friend, Mr. Judge, that's the guy who was supposedly there when the assault happened. Mr. Judge has written extensively of his heavy drinking during those years In his memoir about being a teenage alcoholic, he wrote that he drank too much and did stupid things. Most of the time, everyone, including the girls, was drunk. His yearbook page includes the quote, certain women should be struck regularly like gongs. Now I got to tell you, remember yesterday when I was talking about was there anyone overseeing this yearbook? Can you imagine an adult letting a boy put as his on his page they're allowed what? To have some quote from somebody and this SOB puts on his page that women should be struck regularly? It's a fine school. I see that the elite would want their sons to go there to learn values. Anyway, I haven't even gotten to the question yet. The memoir, his memoir included a character, Bart O'Kavanaugh, who drank so much that he threw up in the car and passed out. Was that you? And could he be correct? in his description of these events. Now, do you think Brett Kavanaugh is going to say that Brett O. Kavanaugh was not him? Absolutely not, and it was a book, and I'm not... Another reason that Mr. Judge should obviously be there as well, to be questioned. Another suggested question. You told Fox News that you have, quote, always treated women with dignity and respect, end quote. Do you stand categorically by that statement? And then the follow-ups. Your high school yearbook page includes the phrase Renata alumnius. A classmate of yours, Sean Hagen, explained that Renata was a girl at a nearby high school, and the reference to her uh, by you and others on the football team was meant as a boast of sexual conquest. Is that what you meant by the phrase? And do you believe this is treating women with dignity and respect? At Yale, you were a member of Delta Kappa Epsilon, which was reputed to disrespect women. The fraternity was suspended from campus after a video showed recruits chanting, no means yes, yes means anal. Were you aware of any behavior like this? And if so, do you believe that it amounts to treating women with dignity? and respect also at Yale you belonged to an all male secret society called truth and courage which was known by the nickname tit and clit were you aware of this nickname? if so do you believe it treats women with dignity and respect. In your nationally televised acceptance of President Trump's nomination of you to the Supreme Court, you said this, no president has ever consulted more widely or talked with more people from more backgrounds to seek input about a Supreme Court nomination than this president. Could you provide the committee with any evidence (laughs) for that assertion? And do you still stand by that assertion? That's just a handful. And maybe if the female assistant, the girl, oh, that reminds me of another one. (laughs) My first television anchor job. I got that in the 70s in uh Madison Wisconsin WISC TV a CBS affiliate I was not um I, I was the first woman to anchor a newscast in that market so it was a big deal when I got it and I had it for not very long I'd say maybe about 3 4 5 months And a new general manager was brought in, the guy who ran the station. His name was Dwayne Shermer. Rumor had it he was the son-in-law of the owner. He came in and called a meeting of the newsroom employees and said at that meeting that... The audience did not want to hear news from a girl. That girls <laughs> girls lacked credibility. Their voices did not suggest authority. And so there would be immediate changes in the format of the news and he proceeded to outline a newscast in which i was still there i was sitting at the table and the format went something like this ted ted will do the first block of stories the big news maybe the girl he never called me maybe the girl could read I can't remember. It went. I, I remember sitting in that room. <laughs> and again, this was before there was sexual harassment as a thing. There, this was just the way it was. And it went on and on. If there's a light story, the girl could read that. She could, you know, segue into the weather. I went home, I also took notes during this meeting, I went home and uh, told my husband who was at the time I think about a second year law student at the University of Wisconsin and he was as outraged as I and he said well Uh, First thing tomorrow, he says, you file a grievance with your union, and I will file something with the National Labor Relations Board. And that made news that I took on the station, and the station, I... It never got all the way to the NLRB, it never got to a a judiciary kind of a setting, because when the station saw, first of all, uh, the uh, public reaction, I still have just a huge bunch of letters written uh, to me at the time from people, which is very gratifying. Anyway, they backed off. They backed off. I was reinstated within a week or two. I got all the newspaper headlines to prove it. But that's the kind of shit that just followed us. By the way, also at that station, it was not unusual um, while reading the news to to the camera, and we did not have teleprompters. So the job was to take in as much as you could from the script, look up, maintain really good eye contact, back down. It was a lot tougher. And there were guys behind the camera, old guys behind the camera. There aren't any more. Those are robotic cameras. And the guys often thought it funny to, like, moon you during the news so that you're looking at. This is the way it used to be, I guess, the good old days. Um, I just want to say again that this outrage by women is not something that's going to get back put back in the bottle ever again. It was odd because, you know, on the New York Times front page today you had on one side you had Kavanaugh and uh, stories about the president uh, uh, absolutely discounting the second woman now uh, with what she said, saying she's got nothing. She thinks maybe it was him, maybe not. She admits she was drunk. That's our president, not prejudging or anything. So, Mitch McConnell, the loathsome one, uh, intends to have this hearing tomorrow, and then what? He intends to vote, have a vote Friday, plow right through, do what's got to be done, look like you're listening, and then get him on the court swear em in on Monday big rush here this is the most unseemly spectacle of government our current corrupted government in action that uh, I don't know maybe that I've ever seen probably not little Tony writes Lynn that was a bunch of great questions that won't be asked <laughs> they should be. That won't be asked by the Republican's assistant. Will the Democrats be asking them? There you go. Yeah, I would imagine the Democrats will be asking them. And thank God they're there. And so you had a uh, front-page New York Times with the president uh, dismissing uh, a victim's story, and um, then these suggested questions for the girl assistant uh, to the Republican men, and, and then you had a picture of uh, Bill Cosby, America's dad, uh, being uh, led away in handcuffs. I don't know. Power corrupts. So, was it not fitting and proper that the President of the United States was openly derided at the General Assembly yesterday? Uh, I don't recall any other American president being laughed at to his face by representatives of the other nations of the world. And what was funny is the president who was being laughed at is the one who I believe came into office always squawking about the fact that they're laughing at America all the time. We're a laughing stock to these nations. (laughs) Well, I don't know, Donald, because I I don't think we saw that laughter until, until you stood up doing your usual braggadocio about being the greatest, the best. And, of course, that is laughable. It was shocking to him because he usually says that to respectful crowds. Oh, dear. (coughs) So, (coughs) I don't know, guys. I mean, I really am fearful about watching that tomorrow. I think I'll take double my blood pressure meds. I think I'll have a bottle of Xanax standing by and maybe some uh, booze. I don't know. What's it going to take to get me through? Jeez. Wow. And meanwhile, I don't know how much... (coughs) uh, I don't know how much... Do we want to take a call to see if... (coughs) Excuse me. Assuming you can hear me, okay. um, We are hoping that maybe the caller, do we hope the caller thing is uh, better? So I just need anybody. You could just call and say testing 1212. (laughs) So it'd be nice if somebody would call before the before the show's up you got you got thirty four minutes, okay? somebody to call in <clears throat> There is a God, local story about sexual assault at a local museum that was broken by uh, Bill O'Driscoll, formerly of Pittsburgh City Paper, often a guest on this show. Bill moved on to our FM uh, station, not our FM station, the public FM station, WESA, the NPR station, and where he joined Chris Potter, a lot of refugees from, from these parts. And they're doing some damn good journalism over there. And Bill O'Driscoll has written a long, detailed piece about sexual assault allegations by a number of women against one man at the museum who, despite their allegations was not uh, was allowed to stay for a very very long time Um, I saw that uh, Tony Norman of the Post-Gazette retweeted the story and praised its uh, assiduous uh, journalism so all that is good. Uh, what happened is that a small group of women who worked at the mattress factory, uh, you know, women eventually talk, <laughs> and they all at one point were stunned to find out that they had something in common, namely sexual abuse at the hands of a single man, co-worker, male coworker who, by the way, is never named in this account, I don't believe. Uh, Starting last February, uh, no fewer than six women came forward to museum officials alleging sexual harassment, sexual assault, and in two cases, rape. None of the women ever went to the police. This is just classic. But both the alleged victims and others who have worked at the mattress factory say the response from the administration of the museum was really, really distressing. From downplaying the severity of the allegations to not responding or taking their fears or their safety uh, seriously. And uh, just Monday of this week, three former, a lot of these women ended up leaving. I think some were actually lost their jobs. Three former and one current mat- mattress factory employee have filed a complaint. Uh, against the mattress factory with the National Labor Relations Board. So, this is uh, potentially an ugly and big story. And I I haven't read the PG today, and I don't know if it has the story, uh, but probably not yet. This seems to have been broken by WESA and Bill O'Driscoll. Uh, we have a caller. Let's let's. This is uh, this is a test. This is only a test. Hello. Hello. Ha. Hi. Hi. You sound like you're buried under twenty thousand blankets. Uh, you can't hear me. Are you talking normally? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's really ridiculously low. I can't hear you. Okay, I'll hang
0: up then. Thank
1: you though. Bye. Okay, moving on with the monologue du jour. Do you, I mean, guys? I mean, I don't think this is the show that you uh, signed up for. It's not the show I signed up for. It's called a talk show, not because I just talk. It's called a talk show because the audience gets to talk. Feel free to um, email as I had uh, said (laughs) at lynn at pghcitypaper.com until we get the effin problem solved here. Uh, Chuck writes, by scheduling the vote on Friday, McConnell and his crew are blatantly signaling that they do not care what comes out. Yeah, right. They're not going to be there. They'll appear to be there. If they wanted to make it look like they care about what these women have to say, they would put off the vote to at least Tuesday by scheduling the vote on Friday. They wrap this up before the weekend and hope we all forget by Monday. Pitiful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's an unseemly repulsive... I, I'm running out of adjectives for these people. Display... And I just think women are going to... You're going to see more women at the polls this November. Going to blow people's minds. Mary writes, Oh, man, I had the same experience being the first woman hired in the late 70s after I had the audacity to stand up to their bullshit right out of the gate. (laughs) See, I didn't. I was promptly blackballed. Yes, another hideous education, but here we are. You're still standing. What worries me is the young women of today are still brainwashed with our men, our God society. I'm still trying to find out how we've gotten to this place in our country's history. How are we able to miss the... Bigoted, moronic people sitting right next to us. Despite the angst this, your language, Mary, today is really, I'm getting around it. Besides the this, this digging up for us old warriors, maybe we need to address this ridiculous mess again. Damn, got to say, the blouse you're fashioning is fabulous. Well, thank you. Not too busy? Love it, and you too. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate it. Um, so the WESA story, I guess we can post that, uh, do do you, if you can find it, because it really is, uh, long, it is long, um, and extremely detailed, and the guy who doesn't come off well (laughs) is the guy whose name I have managed to avoid saying for like the last 25 years, because I don't know how to pronounce it. you know what you know who i'm talking about <laughs> the guy who um you know lived with barbara luderowski the founder of the mattress factory who died uh recently and um and this guy who was quite a bit younger than her but who they were just uh they were a couple i guess and Uh, his name is Michael Oldeniesk it's got too many consonants in one place so I don't know how to pronounce his name but he's the one that these women took their complaint to (coughs) Um, O-L-I J N-Y-K Oldeniesk i wonder anyway he um, and he and uh, barbara Lodorowsky built that museum uh together they they lived there and uh it's it's well known renowned uh big tourist draw uh, and all of that uh and it says, the article says, but while the mattress factory is known publicly for its progressive stance, internally it functions much like other medium-sized arts organization. Of its staff of nearly 50, two-thirds are part-timers. Many employees started there as interns or volunteers and stayed on part-time. They call, Many call it their dream job. They're (laughs) low-paid. They don't have any say about how things work there, but they do it because they love it. But on February 23rd, one of them, the one who had reached out to the other victims, sat down in Olenek's, I don't know how to pronounce his office, and told him, that her uh, male coworker had sexually assaulted and sexually harassed her for three years. And she said Michael seemed very, very concerned. He seemed to take it very seriously. He seemed like he was going to do something about it. I felt like a weight had been lifted. And then she said he interviewed four other alleged victims... And a fifth woman turned in a written statement. By the way, four of these five women no longer work there. <coughs> um, 11, weeks <coughs> Eleven weeks after that initial interview, uh, the woman got a letter from Olen- Olenek know. saying that the investigation had been completed, uh, and that the the specific male employee, the alleged uh, rapist and sexual assaulter and harasser, had received and completed workplace harassment training. End of story. <coughs> He added in the letter, the mattress factory respects the dignity and professionalism of each of its employees and is committed to maintaining a work environment that is free from discrimination and unlawful harassment. The woman who got the letter said, I felt demoralized. I mean, they weren't doing anything. The perp still worked at the museum. Most employees still that did not know anything about these allegations. She feared there would be other victims, other incidents. So a lot of people expressed concern. Um, they told him they felt uncomfortable working at the museum. And he asked, did something happen to you? And she said, no, but (laughs) uh, something's happening to some other people. He says, well, if nothing happened to you, then why are you uncomfortable? And I said, well, I'm uncomfortable because I'm working in a close environment every single day with someone who had sexually assaulted or harassed people while they were working at the museum. I had to kind of explain it to him, why I would feel uncomfortable working with a rapist. And then he charged, the boss charged that the employee was leading a mob against him and the museum. She began fearing she'd be fired. She was not, but she left that meeting in tears other women having similar meetings also described the same kind of very unsatisfactory interview one of the women was accosted by the alleged perpetrator's parents his mother saying there's that bitch said they were screaming at me, they were using profanity, it was really like a really traumatizing e- event. So these employees drafted a letter to Olen- Olenek, uh, and the letter asked that the alleged perpetrator be fired, and it demanded that the museum's board establish a clear process for dealing with fu- future charges of, of abuse. Uh it was passed around among the employees and signed by uh, 18 employees. They couldn't arrange a meeting with him. He wouldn't meet with them. He they had to give him the letter by bumping into him. And uh, so, this is bad. The board's been called in now. I don't know. It's a it's a mess over there. Okay. and because now it is a thing before the national uh, labor relations board uh who knows where this will go but it's a long story very long so there's that uh, god almighty I guess it'll just keep happening. Keep, I mean, uh, yeah, it'll keep happening. Stories will keep coming out. Maybe there's a point at which we make some progress. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm starting to uh, not have a lot of faith. Roger writes, did you see the story about Jane Fonda? She's asking us to forgive and try to empathize with Trump. What? Try to forgive and empathize with Trump and his supporters? She says they can't help it if they were not raised properly as children? She she, she really meant it. Well, I look, I think there's some truth in that. You know, you can't pick your parents. And we all, people who have a certain value system, generally learned that in their homes from their families. I know I did. I was formed in that way. Um, And that input was mostly from my dad, who was about as honorable a human being as I've ever known. And he just preached that kind of thing to us at the dinner table, constantly. Some I was lucky. Some people grow up in grow up in families in which, I guess, they learn all kinds of wrong lessons. They learn to hate. They learn to lo- look down on certain people. It's a it's a It's like that song that I often quote from South Pacific. That's where the damage does happen. You have to be taught before it's too late, before you are six or seven or eight. To hate all the people your relatives hate, you've got to be carefully taught. But, you know, there are people who come from those kinds of environments who grow. So, it is possible. <laughs> I have lots of empathy, and I'm sorry. I, I'm going to prioritize who gets it. And hateful people are not going to be number one on my list Jane Fonda seems to be uh, much in the news of late what does she have a book out or something I think she finally figured out what I figured out about her a million years ago (laughs) and I always told the story about her she was a classic woman of my era in that She only knew who she was by appending herself to a powerful man and being his girl. And so she changed over the years depending on what man she had chosen. So first it was, well, her dad, who was supposedly a pretty cold cookie. She goes to Roger Vadim, the French director, and uh, he wants her to be this sex kitten, a Brigitte Bardot type. And so that is what she was with him. Uh, Barbarella is the movie that shows her Roger Vadim Jane Fonda image. From that she took up with the leftist founder of Students for Democratic Society, Tom Hayden, during the uh, 60s and of course that led her to being Hanoi Jane. Sex Kitten to Hanoi Jane. That is a pretty, you know, that, that. but Roger Vadim and Tom Hayden are really far apart. I was at a party with her and Tom Hayden in the early 70s in Madison. Um... And my experience there was so depressing. <laughs> I've ne- I, ne- I never liked her after it. She literally, I thought of, she was a strong woman. I thought of her as a strong woman. And she literally, metaphorically and literally, sat at Hayden's feet she was on the floor at his feet looking up like Pat Nixon you know looking at Richard that and I remember thinking uh, he was a most unpleasant I thought human being and a real womanizer and I can say that with some assurance He was all all over women at that party with his adoring wife watching it. I was just stunned and sickened by it. So, from that, Hanoi Jane, she takes up with one of the biggest capitalists in the country the guy who starts CNN, the media mogul Ted Turner. And all of a sudden she's a capitalist and she's doing her exercise videos and making money hand over fist and dressing like Ted likes her to dress. And I, I remember watching this progression of her and thinking, God, lady, find out who the hell you are. Who are you? because I had the sense there was somebody interesting and talented and bright there. And since she got rid of Ted, I do not believe she's remarried, right? right. I think she's finally living without a man to define her. And I think that is this she's got a book out that's sort of like is maybe about her finally figuring out who she is I don't know but from that party in those in the early 70s I had her absolute I I could have taken her aside and said Jane Jane stand up Very hard to be a woman then. You know, the lefty scene, of which I was a part, was about as sexist a scene as you can imagine. (laughs) Make no mistake. That was totally male-dominated. And we girls were there to, I feel, service in any way imaginable. The... The boys who got all the uh, attention and credit. The girls did much of the work, the grunt work, because girls are supposed to do that and stay in the background. Just saying. Okay, Milton says he thought maybe our caller was not the best uh, measure because... His volume is always sort of down. All right, so if anyone wants to call from a regular kind of a phone and not driving in a truck or whatever, that you know, do it, whatever, and we can take one more measure, it would be helpful if somebody would call. Um, The odds are you only have to say a few words, and I will roll my eyes and you'll be off. (laughs) Oh, no. Um Yeah, and Milton says, you know, even before the current difficulties, that caller uh, was difficult to hear because of his handset. Maybe someone should give it a try. Susan sounded good on my end yesterday, but she was on a different line. That's why. Um Yeah, I don't know what... I thank you all for your suggestions (laughs) and help. Uh, Little Tony writes, I saw the article yesterday about the mattress factory. I didn't read it all, but enough to know this is a big black eye for them. Maybe two black eyes. Wow. Would not have expected it from a place like that. No, but see, here's what I want to say when I tell you that, like, treating women like crap knows no boundaries it's not republican or democrat progressive or regressive it's none of that thank you we have a volunteer caller all right caller do it talk in a normal tone hello can you
0: hear me
1: lynn hello hello i can hear i can hear you but you sound like you're in a paper bag but keep talking though wait we keep talking
0: One thing happened yesterday in, in, in Pennsylvania. They were trying to they're trying to legalize marijuana. I don't know if you know about that or not. Yeah. You read the papers all or they were trying discussing it over because um, I think they're realizing this is a medical marijuana that's been that's been um, provided here in Pennsylvania. I think what's happening is the different people are looking at the numbers coming in and they're being they're being quite pleasantly surprised. How good it's coming, how well it's going. Oh, yeah. And I think they're going to see this revenue and realize, hey, there's a lot more opportunities good. for um, income that we hadn't you know, gotten, hadn't received in the past. Mm-hmm. So I think it might happen, Langley.
1: Well, what uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, we're, what, but it's talking about time. I, I don't see it happening in the next year or two. Um, this state is slow. Uh, this state is slow It is. i mean but you're right it's the money it's the money being dazzled by the money that will eventually uh get them right um but i don't know how long
0: i them enough to point yeah those think that hey look at other states too that are driving all these revenues and incomes i mean they must see that it's it's working out pretty well without too many side effects Everything yeah. has it's has its drawbacks, not everything's positive. But overall I think it's an overall positive yeah. thing for most states.
1: Well okay. wanna be taxed. Okay. Hey, thank you for th- thank you for the call and yeah. and thank you for um yeah the
0: no problem. And yeah, I wanted plus wanted to see if it's, if it, how the how did the voice come
1: through? Well, I think we got yeah up a little bit during it. Um okay. I'm gonna yeah. wait to see what the audience says. I know I'm I'm still Undoubtedly, a heck of a lot louder than you. I mean, so, and you're not loud enough for me. I, I can hear you, but I shouldn't have to work at it.
0: Yeah, you're real low too. And on the phone, when I'm talking to you, you're real, you're real, you're real quiet. It's like I have to, I have to really listen to you. Okay, well so then. It doesn't, it doesn't that loud voice that you hear on a, on TV or radio. It's not like that on a telephone. It's like real muted.
1: Huh.
0: So. Well, that's yeah. the
1: first I heard that. Okay. yeah you, not real loud. Okay. And
0: kind of quiet. and it's, and it's sometimes it's, it's sporadic too. Like your voice will talk and then all of a sudden it'll be delayed and then it'll come back in. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe
1: that's
0: uh, Okay. <laughs> I wish you luck when I, <laughs> I know it's been a couple I don't know what the hell. It.
1: Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. It's a, world we live in, so it's a bitch. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, <laughs> bye bye. You know. Bye. If anyone wants to let us know uh, what that sounded like to them, that might be helpful, too. Um, uh, Mark writes, I, I watched a portion of the Anita Hill-Clarence Thomas hearing. Man, is that something to watch. I had forgotten that Anita Hill was a law professor at the University of Oklahoma, and yet she was treated with such disdain by the Republican senators of note was, oh, shock, Orrin Hatch, who was especially snide and mean, just like he is acting today. I do not believe that Anita Hill seemed to be the sort of a person who would be aware of the movie (laughs) Long Dong Silver. (laughs) And yet, Thomas simply responded by claiming that he was being subjected to a high-tech lynching. He said the magic word, and that was good enough. Tomorrow is likely to be an emotional scene. Funny, isn't it, how the lock-her-up crowd is now calling for due process. I don't think anything's funny anymore. <laughs> I really don't. I, oh, dear. Okay, well, if... um. As I said, if anyone can give us some feedback on how that went, that would be helpful. Um, And I, uh, as as I said, I'm, unless they postpone the hearing tomorrow, uh, we ain't going to be here, okay? Is that okay with you, Amy, too, if we can both be here? But I don't see that happening, so... It's not like I want the day off. This will be total torture. Total torture. And I haven't heard what time it's on, but I've heard Thursday morning, so I'm assuming 10 is probably uh, when it will happen. So, yay, 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 yay. So that's that. God help us all. And I just want to say to all the women who are really, uh, really feeling shaky... Uh, these days. Uh, You are not alone. You are not alone. There should almost be like uh, support groups popping up for women just to get together. And Well, whatever. This is going to be brutal. Hey, quickly, before we end, I have one minute. Did you know Dunkin' Donuts is no more? I'm not kidding you. They're changed the name. You know what it's going to be? They're dropping the donuts part. The very thing they're known for. It's just going to be called Dunkin'. Dunkin'. What do you think of that? I think it's odd. An attempt at rebranding, why I don't know. And also another rebrand of the week was Weight Watchers, ladies and gentlemen, which has ceased to exist. It is now simply called WW, which is not easy to say WW because they want the W to stand for wellness, as well as weight, as well as wow, as well as who knows what. But it's WW, okay? Just in case you start hearing this stuff and you don't know what the hell people are talking about, I thought I'd. And I didn't get to my O bit of the day, but you know what. They ain't going anywhere, so I can do it anytime. All right. Oy. All right. All right. I don't know what to say. The next time you see me, I might be, uh, I don't know, a screaming banshee. It's quite possible. Or maybe wearing a straitjacket. That could be too. Have a, have a, have a. Have a. Okay? <laughs> see you Friday.
0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.